When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady, and... Just know that when you guys ask me to do something, I truly deliver. Because I don't, Jay, I don't know if you know this or not, but this episode is highly requested. Oh, I, I, I assume. I, I, <laughs> I don't even need to know that. I mean, that's kind of why I subconsciously just like texted you like the night of the yeah. opening night. I was like, well, before anyone else tries to get in here, <laughs> I'm going to pitch myself. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't have done it with anybody else. I am joined by my friend Jay Rena, and we are going to talk about Scream. And I'm so excited, Jay. How are you? Good. It's been a while since I've uh, crept around your podcast corner. I don't even remember the last episode we did. It's probably been over a year at this point. Um, doing good. We're fresh off the opening weekend of the next chapter in the only movie that should exist, really. Right. <laughs> like, are there the- other movies? No, I've never heard of other films. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guys don't know, or if you haven't listened, Jay and I have covered all, well, we're talking today about Scream, obviously. And um, Jay and I have covered all of the Scream films. Um, There's a, like a part one and part two to the episode. We split them into like doing two per episode because there's just a lot to cover. Yeah. this episode is getting scream is getting all of our attention. The new scream is getting the entire hour, and uh, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts. Um, so, if you want to know, I'm I won't make you repeat your history with the movie because you've done that before on this podcast, and I feel like I think there's five hours of history that people can listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to know that, Jay is very. I'm literally looking at Jay, who is surrounded by ghost-faced memorabilia at the current moment. So he very much deeply loves this film. There's has, <laughs> has met the cast. Um, so this is Scream is a big deal to both of us. And I need so you saw the movie twice. I saw it once. I'm interested in your theater experience. Um, yeah, so I went opening night, like the Thursday night, um, with I actually sat, I went with friend of the pod, Brandon Alvarado. Oh, yes. We love Brandon. Um, love Brandon. Um, we went, we saw, we conquered. And then I like, I sat with it for a couple of days. And then I decided like, I, ha- I have to go see it a second time. And so the second time I saw it was like, so I went Thursday night and then I went Monday, like during the day. And I went by myself just to have like a non, like just that way it was just me and the movie and no one else. Like there was no one sitting around me. I didn't invite anybody to come see it with me. Cause like once I saw it with everyone who wanted to see it and like with the opening night crowd, which was really fun. And then I needed to see it again. So I can just have like my own thoughts with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it was just as fun the second time. It was just as brutal, even though the stuff I knew was coming up, like I was still just like, 
clutching my pearls when shocking things happened mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so much fun it was just such like a fun movie which I don't think we've seen in a really long time um in terms of just like slasher horror comedy kind of hybrids that um have been popping up um one of the points that someone else like I heard brought up was that we're kind of in a moment now where that horror slasher is kind of coming back in a sense with like uh the babysitter killer queen um fear street all of that mm-hmm. um while we're kind of in the midst of very like serious dark elevated horror if you will mm-hmm. um everything like i mean not that i don't love the elevated horror that they brought up in the film but um right it's nice to have something to have fun with and just leaving a theater being completely depressed and wanting to just like you know walk into traffic <laughs> yeah like hereditary doesn't like make you feel super good or whatever yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? even though it's great it's not, like a, it's not like a fun film to watch with friends <laughs> right yeah totally yeah i agree with that and i i always think it's really interesting that you know slashers will sort of come and go in and out of like vogue if you will and then they come back for whatever reason like there's always some sort of reason that you could say at this moment like we need you know slashers back because they're fun like you said and they're popcorn movies you know like they're fun movies to go see like yeah and we haven't like you said we haven't had horror movies in a really long time that have been genuinely fun to go see like I love midsummer i love movies like that i love it follows i love films like that but yeah you're not like having a fucking rip-roaring time with your friends in the theater watching hereditary you're just not (laughs) yeah so i actually watched um it follows for the first time in a really long time like um just a few months ago Mm -hmm. and i was just like halfway through i was just like this movie's good but this is not like a i was watching with a group of friends i'm like this isn't like a group watch i'm kind of like bored by this yeah because everyone is just we're not like rip roaring like in the living room where we're watching like everyone was just kind of just silent the whole time Mm -hmm. and just kind of like taking it in i was just like oh yeah that's right there i i do that's what this 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 new chapter of scream was really exciting to experience because it was kind of it had like just the right amount of like horror and violence and gore but also just like camp and jokes that really landed it like knew when to be funny and when was time to be serious it really did a good job at making that pivot to like oh now you're gonna see something horrific and it was fun to have that like that balance like done so well because everyone in the theater was just having a really good time as opposed to watching you know another like more serious horror movie where everyone's just quiet the whole time and everyone's over and just like huh okay we're all sad now (laughs) And we've also just lived through this, you know, this long period of like Marvel movies and like those movies being the the only popcorn film now, like just big billion dollar, like straight guy movies (laughs) being like the, you know, those are like the big movies that people go see and like, in quotes, have fun at the theater. And like, I just saw Spider-Man. I had the fucking time of my life. It was great, but it's just different when it's a horror movie. So yeah. Also, because Scream is just, you know, pushed just primarily by the gay agenda, which is yeah. why, I mean, everyone knows that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And the gay agenda truly is just to, like, watch a leading lady be, like, a badass. <laughs> we've, ta- and- we've talked about that before. That, that's actually a question, I remember a question that you asked me when we did the other Scream um, episodes, uh-huh. was just, like, why do you think gay men in particular just really just, like, 
push this movie, push these women and push this film, like this whole yeah. entire franchise down everyone's throat more than any other ones. And it's just like, you know, if you get it, you get it, you don't, you don't. Do you think your answer is <laughs> different now or is it the same? Um, I think it's, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't remember what my answer was because that felt like 12 pandemics ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> A different world. Um, but no, I think it really is. I mean, thinking about it now, now that we have this new chapter to kind of like sit on and think about, I think it's, it is because we just, one, love a leading lady, but this is one of the few franchises where these strong women carry this entire, like all five movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're watching it for Sydney and Gail, really, at the end of the day. Right. And what they push and like the strengths and the like just the different things they all, they bring to that to the movie because you have Sid who's like you know the final girl ingenue that we love but then you also have bitchy Gail with the Mm -hmm. quips and everything and so you have just like this well-rounded female empowerment movie in a slasher that we don't really see often it's treated I think in terms of like other slashers it's they're treated like way more serious I think than most other also most other ones don't have not lasted this long with the same cast so I think right. that also makes it stand out as well. It's just like, you know, whenever the slasher craze in the 90s started, I mean, not all of them, like mostly went past, like maybe part three of this franchise and just never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like with, I know she did last summer, which is like, you know, the one that's always compared to only went to like the second one and just died. And then like made all these like straight to video sequels that just nobody cares about, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's like, I also think it's a combination of like gay men of course loving strong women like we just love strong like confident women generally but to see a strong confident woman whose trauma you can like project your trauma onto even though it's not the same like I don't have a whore mother who's who's slept (laughs) her way around town but like you know what I mean I it's like it's, it's that gay trauma you know what I mean and being able to like paint it yeah. onto Sydney Prescott and this is the only fucking horror movie that has two final girls like let's just call yeah. it this is the only horror franchise yeah. that has two final girls and I feel like in this specific one this entry of Scream they felt really um aware of the weight that they have in pop culture and with their gay audience yeah. and yeah I really felt like they finally gave them, because it always feels kind of coincidental. They make it feel coincidental that Gail lives. It's always Gail being like, oh, I'm under the, I'm under the stage, bullet ricocheted <laughs> off my rib. But this time they were like, no, like Gail is a fucking final girl and she's fought just as hard as Sydney to be here and lost yeah. a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, so before we like dive into it, are we going full spoiler with all of this? Like full names? Oh yeah. Everything. Okay. Yes. If you're cool. listening to this and you haven't watched Scream, first of all, I don't, that's not, I, you know that that's not my gig. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, I don't condone it, but like, yeah. <laughs> Just drop your username so we can block them. Before <laughs> right. <I> right. <laughs> right. Like send me your like IV address, honestly. Um, but yeah, we're going full spoiler. So from this point on, if you haven't seen this movie and you decide to listen to this, I'm I'm praying for you because this is a great film and you should experience it the way that we did. Anyway. <laughs> Let's okay. talk about Scream, aka Scream <laughs> 5, aka 5 Cream. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're calling it Scream 5, by the way, because I refuse to call it Scream. 
I mean, it's just, I, I, I just get concerned that people keep thinking I'm talking about the 96 one. <laughs> and I know that it's not, but like, I just like something in my head, just like, I have to type the five, like anytime. Yeah. Tweet, Cause that's what it is. I mean, it's, it is, it is that. It is screen five. It's absurd. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Um, so let me yeah, also just want to start by saying that we both liked this movie. So this is going to be a, truly a love letter. Truly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Not to say that I don't have any criticisms. Agreed. But- <laughs> um if you are a part of the camp or you didn't like it i just don't care i don't care. right honestly <laughs> there's a right and a wrong and sorry sis you're wrong uh, you're entitled to your wrong opinion on that so <laughs> right. let's talk about let's start with the opening kill which is such a pivotal important thing yes. in this franchise what did you think about it um it was it's crazy because like i think their opening kills have always been so secretive mm-hmm. and with like the marketing and all the trailers we all just kind of knew that jenna ortega was the opening scene and usually right. like the build-up was like how's this i remember like when scream 4 came out in theaters i was like who's gonna be in the opening because like we had just like all these names attached to the film at that point like shanae grimes lucy hale anna paquin Kristen bell and mm-hmm. everyone and i was just like what is the opening going to be if there's all of these people in this movie? Right. And you didn't know until you went into the theater and watched it. But with this one, I thought it was interesting that we kind of knew what it was without them telling us. And yeah. I honestly, I, I liked it. I wish it was longer. Okay. Um, I do wish there was a little bit more of just a little bit more like I could use maybe like three minutes more of like a suspenseful like back and forth or maybe even like a chase scene would have been great yeah um however I did like what they did with it I did like how it played out and how it was doing the same thing it did in the first one and even called itself out for doing the same thing it did in the first one um but honestly I think what really just kind of killed it no pun intended um Jenna Ortega is incredible. Amazing. Like, she's amazing. She was acting. Yeah. She's really, <laughs> really, really good. She really, it was, and, and like, was super believable in her character, too. Yeah. Like, I really was like rooting for her when she, she. Yeah. She's working on, she's making herself become this like scream queen all of a sudden. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, because she has I really the, like her. The, the Fear Street movies, and she has that new one with A24X, um, I think it's called. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just like one trailer to it. Um, but she's killing horror right now, and I really appreciate that because I just like, she kind of came out of left field for me because I don't really know much about her until like mm-hmm. maybe just honestly, kind of when Fear Street came out, that's kind of when I first like knew who she was. And so she's kind of like making a name for herself in the horror genre, which I appreciate because she's so good. Like, she's such a great actress. And her face when she's terrified is so fun to watch because I'm like, oh, she's she's scared. Yeah, she's great. She's a real good yeah. screen queen. Yeah, I like the opening scene. I thought it was um, I thought it was a real like return to form. It really felt the most like the first scream. Mm-hmm. And I know that people were upset that nobody died. They were upset that she didn't end up dying. But I thought like, what is the most shocking thing that you can do in a scream opening is not kill somebody like if anybody had died it would we all would have been expecting it I thought that was like a cool yeah unique touch I agree and it's just like people are like I read some tweets of people how people really didn't enjoy that aspect of it Mm -hmm. um but 
I thought it was so smart because one, that's how you shock the Scream audiences is they're known for their opening kills, which is a line that she says in the opening scene. She's like, the stab movies are known for their opening kills. And to not kill your opening girl at the very beginning is also like already just like making a hard laugh from what we're used to seeing. But also that is such a great device to use as like the catalyst for the entire story that we're watching. Like she... Mm -hmm ultimately needed to be alive or else we didn't just wouldn't have that whole movie yeah and I also like to add to your one of your earlier points I thought it was cool that they they really brought back the phone calls because Mm -hmm. in the the sequels the phone calls exist but they're nowhere near as big a part of the story as they were in the first movie and they weren't um like highlighted as intensely because in the first movie, the phone calls are really fun and enjoy, like not, you know, they're fun in the sense that like they're clever and interesting and the conversation is like actually really like riveting. Um, whereas they just kind of become like very quick. Whereas in this one, they really like took their time. The conversations were so like menacing and scary and funny and intense. Like her yeah. call with him was fucking great. Yeah. And like, I think... um also on that it's just like people I watched the first one with some people have never seen it before like months ago and they're like you know it could be solved if she just you know hung up and didn't answer but on what you were saying is like I agree because what made the first one so good as far as the phone calls go is that they were the calls were written in such an intriguing way that you believe the characters aren't hanging up and aren't like just disconnecting right. the call because they're like actually like oh you caught me in a conversation with you exactly they were like that you they were like i'm okay yeah i'll buy it what's up what is my favorite scare? i don't know um they're sort of like flirting back they're very flirtatious yeah they're like almost they're hot they're hot phone calls they are like <laughs> drew's phone call is hot before it gets dark no i mean any phone, call that ends, any phone call that ends with like someone stabbing me is still like really fucking hot. So. <laughs> it's not foreplay, look it up. But um, yeah. <laughs> Don't kink shame me. <laughs> um, well, the opening uh, kill leads into a conversation about Ghostface. I want to talk to you about what you thought of this new and improved version of Ghostface because we were basically introduced to what I've been calling Ghostface 2.0 in the opening what did you think about this version of him um obviously just so much more menacing so much more brutal and violent and just sadistic um him really happy he stops tripping over every piece of furniture you <laughs> because there was a minute there where you can you could put a chair 15 feet away from him and Ghostface is still gonna trip over that chair and you'd hear <laughs> <laughs> like i like that they got like i mean some of it was still in there but um like just specifically in scream 2 when ghostface is like ow like (laughs) so much he makes so much noise in scream (laughs) 2 it's crazy but yeah you're right he was so much more menacing so much more intense actually scary yeah i was gonna say like just the way this I mean, the actor under the costume just, like, wore it, and I, not even physically wore it, but, like, just, you could tell that there is, I don't know, it's just, there is an air to Ghostface this time that was really scary. It's the way he held himself together, and the way Ghostface yeah. maneuvered through the houses, and just 
the way even just like the way he like handled the murder scenes was just really visceral which i really appreciated but also it wasn't so intense that it's still like it still felt like you're watching ghostface kill someone yeah but at an 11 that didn't feel out of place in the world of scream i agree with that it reminded me a lot of um <clears throat> for all the Friday the 13th heads out there, it reminded me of when Kane Hodder plays Jason Voorhees and like people love that he just feels like the real Jason compared to the yeah. other ones where he's like a <laughs> slack-jawed yokel. Um, <laughs> he just felt, in this movie, Ghostface felt like a legacy horror movie killer. It felt like he had like some history behind him and he was just more lived in. Like, it, yeah, he was more menacing, more mean, gruesome. The stabs were like, I mean, gone are the days of being stabbed once in the back, twice if you're lucky. It's like, no, you're getting stabbed 40 times just on your abdomen alone, and then I'm going to move on to, like, your, like, shoulder blade. Yeah, um, RIP Sarah Darling, who honestly could have survived that. (laughs) (laughs) Stabbed in the back once and maybe thrown through a window. That didn't kill you. (laughs) Right, yes, (laughs) totally. Yeah, he was uh he was fucking intense. Like I actually was like, wow, I'm actually like legitimately scared of Ghostface. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh-huh. actually scared. It's like um, they did a good job with having that in the fourth one. Um, but there was something about this one that was just even more just emotionally horrific to look at. Like yeah, watching Ghostface in this one. It's like because I I think controversial but i think four is still the bloodiest one Mm -hmm. and the goriest one however ghostface is scarier in this fifth one to me i agree with that and i also i we're gonna talk about the deaths and the special effects at Mm -hmm. some point but i do also think he felt practical yeah oh yeah that's a good word like a human person even when they would fight him back, like, the way that he would fall, like, there's a part at the beginning where she, like, kicks him, and he, like, falls back, and it kind of, like, hits the side of his body on the counter before he hits the floor. It feels real. Yeah. It's not just, like, hey, there's a prop television uh, entertainment system, and you're gonna just run into it and knock it all down and hit all the shelves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just felt like yeah. an actual a, adult person, like a grown-ass person fighting. Yeah. Oh, also, we should have mentioned that um, this is the first ever screen without Wes. Yes. So I truly, truly wonder, like, I would love to see Wes directing Ghostface and then the new team directing Ghostface, because obviously we're talking about how Ghostface in this one is more brutal than any of the other ones we've ever seen. So I've always wondered, like, watching this was like, I wonder what the directions were for these two from between four and five on how Ghostface should act. And I yeah. think the new team did a really good job carrying the torch. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was, I should have started with that. Yeah, I was really nervous about this film going into it because it was just a whole new team. No, like mm-hmm. only person attached from the original one was Kevin Williamson and he didn't write in anything in this movie. He was just an executive producer. So yeah. I'll use that part in the beginning knowing that this is an entirely new team taking it over and how much I just think they really did do it justice honestly I agree it really felt like a love letter not only to Wes but like to this whole franchise and to all of his other films like it just felt like you know it was like a real 
it was a movie made for people who love this franchise honestly and it was like Uh really appreciated like you could feel that a lot of love went into it yeah a hundred percent and everybody involved in it actually cared about the movie because something that you a, a thing that happens a lot with horror sequels is people will come along who have never a good example is freddy versus jason the director of that movie had never seen any of those movies and yeah. didn't like them when he watched them he like didn't care about it and then he directed maybe the biggest horror combination franchise ever and it was shitty because he didn't care so you run into that all the time and it was cool to be like oh these people really like this movie we did that movie did give us kelly Rowland giving us the f slur though <laughs> <laughs> don't don't forget that that's gay rights canon <laughs> but like a direct hit at me as a child i was like well wait a minute <laughs> well kelly <laughs> um <laughs> like my mom like looking at nine-year-old me he's like why do you look upset by that it's like no reason yeah no reason. <laughs> yeah her voice sounded weird uh, <laughs> let's talk about the new cast this new cast of people what did you think i love them me too. <laughs> I am. Um, they look like such a mixed bag of characters, which I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, they were these weird, like hybrid archetypes of stuff of like characters we're used to seeing, but kind of. I don't know, like they're archetypes, but not archetypes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying yeah, to think of yeah. the word, but yeah, it's like they still had like the this person is that role, this person is that role, this person is that role, but in a more subdued and, like, really cool way that I felt really worked, especially in, like, a 2022 era, Mm -hmm. where maybe those archetypes, while they still exist, not as blatantly as they did, as, like, the jock, the nerd, the slut, the so-and-so, and it felt like everyone was kind of a mix of, like, they're, each person had, like, a certain percentage of all other archetypes in in them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get that. I understand. They felt like a an actual friend group. Like, these are people who wouldn't be... Because a lot of times you're like, well, why would these people ever hang out? Yeah. Why would exactly. these, this group of people ever hang out? But you could tell that there was, like, a streamline throughout them, but they had, like, a similar sense of humor. Um, they all kind of liked horror movies, either at, like, a really intense level or just yeah like this casually. was a natural group of friends a natural group of high schoolers that were for some reason just allowed to go to the bar right. <laughs> and play pool and play pool <laughs> like I literally like, don't even know how to play pool like someone teaches me I will hit them <laughs> I'll, like, physically strike me they're like do you want to play pool <laughs> like how dare you I thought it was cool too that it was funny like a nice little touch that they all had like they brought flasks to the bar I know <laughs> I, I, I did miss that the first time because um after I left the theater the first time I was like weird that they went to a bar but for some reason just like weren't drinking I guess right. they like blinked I guess I don't know um which was funny because on my first watch on the Thursday night show I brought a flask into the theater because I didn't know how like my nerves needed it <laughs> what <laughs> so was had, what was your poison of choice it was it was Tito's okay because um, then <laughs> I went to that you know the <laughs> giant coke machine that has like 50 flavors on the touchscreen thing mm-hmm. so i got a, a sprite zero lemonade and then throughout the movie just kind of you know a little poor here and there it's every like very dewey riley of you <laughs> it's very retired dewey i would like unscrew it my friend would look at me and i'd be like shut the fuck up i need this my, ner- <laughs> my nerves 
Um, no, it was funny. Yeah, because when I saw it the second time, I was like, ah, they are passing around a flask. Perfect. Yeah. yeah they're all just <laughs> drinking giant Coca Colas and like. <laughs> That's what I was, I was like, exactly what I was doing, like making a potion. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they were all really great. I loved, you know, even the stuff that felt like it was hitting you over the head. It was still great. Yeah. Like the new Randy. Like I thought she was so fucking funny and so great. And I'm so happy she lived. Like she was amazing. Um, I thought so the girl who plays the killer um the first killer which obviously we'll get to the killer reveal yeah. uh she's in do you watch better things I absolutely love better things okay. <laughs> she's I was great. So, I was so happy to one see her in the movie but then to see like the role she would end up playing yeah because <laughs> honestly that's one that I suspected and then I didn't suspect it like watching I was like "Mm, no like I don't think so yeah um no I love her and then like I it's just I'm such a big bitter uh, better things head like yeah I I just that family is for tv but that's a real family to me it's a real family it's a real family (laughs) I was telling my friend like I was like no you don't get it like this girl's like and she can fucking act like Mm -hmm. this girl has made me cry deeply intensely many times like trust me she's amazing um she was great what did you think of like the new the passing of the torch the new city prescott what did you think of her i so i love melissa barrera so much Mm -hmm. um i i've known who she was because she's on this show that i really love called vita okay on stars and so i recommend anyone watch it um it's really great like hispanic centered show um loved her um so i've always been like a big fan of her since that show i was like i think it came out like two or three years ago um so I was really excited whenever she got this movie um I know she did a bigger film before this she did in the heights but I have not fully watched it because I got too high in the middle of it and passed out um (laughs) (laughs) do any like sidebar is probably like the crazy like one of the highest I've ever been so I when that movie came out on HBO Max I'm like I'm gonna get high and watch this musical movie and so I had this chocolate bar, this weed chocolate bar. And you guys I live in California, it's legal. So anyone judging me, and <laughs> shut up, shut up. Um, so I decided to make a s'more out of it. Um, not realizing yeah. how much like little, the, each, I was basically like to get like really stoned, you only need like three little blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I used like five or six and just wasn't paying attention. And then I just remember like halfway through in the Heights, I just kind of like, just realized it was just it was like a switch I was like I can't watch this it's yeah, time yeah. to lay down in the dark <laughs> and just there's like nothing worse than being too edible high <laughs> I know you know what I mean because it's like there's like you can't do anything except just be high and be like in your head and like wait for it to go away because I just remember I remember like that like there was like you know musical sequences and when they would finish and like it would get into like a normal scene I would just sit there and be like I can't remember what that musical was sentence sequence was about <laughs> it ends you're like what was that film <laughs> <laughs> now who was in that who was that? <laughs> um but no she's really good um also i love like as a latino man i love that pretty much everyone in woodsboro hooked up with a, a hispanic person <laughs> <laughs> yes because um, i don't know how much how into it you want to get into the sam and tara revealed later but with like um Mindy and Chad, who were Randy's um, nieces and nephew, um, 
they're fully not white. Right. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile um, um, Heather Maserato, their mother, oh um, is back, makes an appearance. And I'm like, who is that father? And who, <laughs> who is this man that she <laughs> created <laughs> these beautiful, beautiful children with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they were like, honestly, all of them were really really like i can't think of anybody that i was like oh i could have done without so-and-so i'm like no i Even, really really like um her. what's her name um girl who gave us nothing live i loved her she's great <laughs> yeah did she serve a lot of purpose not really yeah um i just but she was so fun to watch <laughs> she was fun to watch i feel like a lot of people thought that too for whatever reason people gravitated to her because she was just fun to watch yeah yeah because she because i think she would like she had three scenes really she had the intro where we got to meet them all and then the bar yeah. scene and then the party scene yeah I'm and looking right kind of like she kind of like oh and I looked her up this was like one of her first movies oh really she, she's like a, like an actual like model model I thought she was really funny like I thought when yeah. she had her freak out scene like I was like belly laughing <laughs> yeah no that's why I just like <laughs> I because I looked her up because I was like, this is surely some like comedic actress I've just overlooked. But no, she's like brand new. She's like mostly is just the model. But um, also, I think I told you that I have a. I would honestly say that it's almost like a. It's weird how much I have a crush on Dylan. His last name is Minette. Yeah, he played Wes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. By the way, his name was Wes in the movie Iconic. So yeah you. oh and then uh, the nod whenever they had you know his party and they had the banners that said for Wes I was like yeah, I see you I, I see know you. <laughs> I was like don't make me cry in this fucking theater alone <laughs> um yeah I'm obsessed with him I thought he was really great uh and obviously so what did you think about like the merging of the old characters and the new um it was it was interesting. I liked it. I just, it's, I liked the steps they took to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, the horrific thing happens. Sam, our final girl is like, how do I figure this out? We go to the expert. The expert is Dewey who still lives in Woodsboro or who's in Woodsboro now. Right. Um, and then it was, you know, the sequence of events that brings Gail back and brings Sydney back all makes sense to have them all meet up at the end I loved it I thought it was it didn't feel like oh we're just gonna step these people in here for the sake of doing it for mm-hmm. fan service like it was really laid out like why they all needed to be there and it all made sense and I really really like that yeah it was the total opposite of Sydney Prescott showing up at the police station and being like hi I'm here with my Greek letters and everybody like, hey, Sydney, you're involved in this now. Hey, like it felt she very knew, real. Like, which, which police station to go to in Los Angeles if <laughs> right. they're, they're hanging out at the same time. After which telling office? them nothing, they never told her where she, where they were. <laughs> I know. And she shows up wearing the outfit she, the, they last saw her in, in college. They're like, hey, <laughs> they're like not much changed. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, you're wearing a wig though. You're just wearing a <laughs> stiff wig now, huh? um but no yeah I thought that it was very selfishly I I wanted them in the movie more but I understood their restraint and I actually appreciated the restraint from having them be the entire movie because they're trying to create this new generation of this Mm -hmm. film and 
it was respectful to the old cast, I thought, but also still being like, no, like they're done with this. I, okay. I truly, truly do believe that. I think, I think they're going to, it performed well. So there's an inevitable like sequel announcement. I'm sure that's on the horizon. Yeah. But I don't think we need to see them anymore after this. I don't think it would make any sense for them to, I don't, I really honestly don't. Like, I feel like, especially at the end with Gail being like, I'm not going to write them in a fucking book. Like I'm done. I just lost Dewey. Like I'm done. And just, (laughs) and also just like, Sydney's tired of this. Like, (laughs) Like, it was the, the first time we see her on screen when Dewey's like, don't come here. She's like, uh, trust. I'm not about to I'm good. Like, I'm not going to come try and save the day. I don't give a fuck. And then in the third act, when Sydney gets a call from Ghostface, she just hangs up on him. She's like, ugh, shut up. I know. She says, just, I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> She's over it. She's like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Just shut up. <laughs> right. You like I, HRH collection Ghostface. <laughs> no, like literally. She's like, fuck. I don't care about your like psycho babble. Like, why this you're doing it for the movies bullshit yeah <laughs> you know um but yeah I thought I guess individually I thought it was really cool too that they you know the one thing that Scream has over pretty much every horror franchise that you can think of is they really give these characters a backstory a history they feel like real people like our attachment to them is intense because they are so fleshed out and written and you know they just feel real and you know I thought it was really cool that they decided to give Dewey it's like they're all kind of dealing with their trauma in different ways you know yeah it's um to me very rooted in reality yeah also I think it goes with like that the meta storytelling of the entire franchise kind of plays a big part in that as well Mm mm-hmm Um, Because they're, you know, they reference things that we've seen, the things that we're watching, and they're referencing horror fans. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, in a sense, they are those real people to us, like, on screen Mm -hmm. in the reality that we actually live in because of just the way this story is being told since the first movie. That's such a good point. That's true. And I like, too, that, like, at this point, stab is like out of vogue and like not cool and like and their world slashers are like kind of done yeah um it was really like talk about stab franchise for a minute okay Um, i aside from just this movie in general i was more excited to see where stab was in Mm -hmm. this universe at this point in 2022 um and i i thought it was really funny (laughs) just like I thought it was interesting that there hasn't been a stab movie since stab seven since scream four. Right. So I thought that was interesting because my first theory was like, Oh, duh. At this point, stab's going to be like a TV show because scream did the screen. TV oh, show. that would have been funny. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, it's like, it's like they made it like, it's going to be like this world's like game of Thrones or something. Yeah. Um, but I like that there in 11 years since the last movie, there's been nothing up yeah. until yeah. now. And they fucking hate it. Right. <laughs> Directed and, by Ryan, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> right. And all the, the kids are all just like those fucking stupid stab movies. Like nobody watches those anymore, you know? It's yeah. funny. It's I want to see in the stab eight movie that we get to see snippets of. I cr- like Chrome Ghostface. I it's hot. <laughs> <laughs>
I know, I love it. And I love that they just left it to stab for him to be yeah. like from Ghostface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like I saw those arms when he was holding that for some reason a flamethrower. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like the Jason X version of Ghostface, which is so yeah. funny. Yeah, what's funny, actually, I own um a, a ghost face mask that's chrome like that, but it's in my house in Texas. Really? Yeah, it's in a box and everything. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. it is hot. It's like, you know that underneath he's like roided up and like super bulked up and, you know, can crush your neck with his like hand. Mm-hmm. And thighs. <laughs> um, I've thought about it a couple of times. <laughs> like I'm like looking back and I see your fan fiction like papers behind <laughs> you. <laughs> my Zoom went down. <laughs> um, let's talk about, so you mentioned earlier that Kevin did not write this movie. Mm-hmm. but like the writing of this movie was so great to me I just thought it felt it was insane how much it felt like the first screen I couldn't believe how much it felt like just the the feeling of watching this movie felt like watching screen and that's wild at this many years in <clears throat> yeah um one thing that I was really really loving was that these uh these gen z characters didn't talk like tiktokers which oh was my I was god i know like because one of the things i was thinking about going into it i was like oh we're in high school like now in modern times like like literally like 2022 we're in high school mm-hmm. i was like i wonder if these people are gonna be you know if they're gonna you know talk like ayo no cap right totally i thought the same thing all facts no printer um <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they're gonna be. And there was a mo- there was like a couple moments like um when we first were introduced to them where I was like, I thought it was gonna be like because there were like some yeah. really dumb jokes for like just a couple, but then yeah. I really, really very quickly warmed up to them. I think probably because I was being like a curmudgeon at first. Oh yeah. 100%. I was like a new group of <laughs> kids. <laughs> um, Tatum. Yeah, and that's it, like. And I also love that they're really like, I guess because it was kind of the statement with <clears throat> the last movie, but I'm surprised we didn't see more, um, you know, social media points. I'm surprised we didn't see like a TikTok or something like that. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was scared. I was like, oh, they're going to use like now social to like make, you know, to drive this movie. And that's what like scared me. I was like high school teens now and like they love, you know, everyone's on TikTok. It's like, oh, we're going to see like a TikTok death or something, which totally. I was just, I was really scared about that, but I'm glad like they really didn't reference like social media like that much at all, which I, I really appreciated. I thought it was, I was so happy to not see somebody being like, I'm filming a live vlog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> should we go a- live? <laughs> right. Like there's always that person who's like, has a website or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, none of that. Um, I do think that that's one of the things about, I have a controversial opinion about Scream 4. It's one of my least favorite screams, and I will just say that. Really? Yeah. And I think it's one just of the- Just telling me this now. <laughs> I, just, Crazy. I just came to terms with it recently. Mm, I'm dealing okay. with it now. So um, my no, therapist- pro- I was going to say you're processing. <laughs> yeah. I'm processing that trauma. Um, but I do think it's one of the things that makes Scream 4 feel really dated. Like when it, it makes it feel like, in a lot of ways, the least timeless screen to me. Oh, uh, because Nev Campbell refers to the internet as the net. <laughs> oh my God. 
it's just too much like that whole part of it I yeah I was really happy to not see any of that and um and the interactions all just felt like like we said earlier human people that are hanging out like mm-hmm. even as simple as um Judy Hicks and Wes like the interaction between them as like a son and his mom was like so weirdly authentic yeah um Wes ended up actually being like such a sweetie pie which for some reason like knowing very little about like because I I didn't watch the trailer that many times because I didn't want to like plant it in my head and start like going conspiracy theory crazy right yeah like oh Wes for some reason is like the bad boy like other side of the tracks kind of thing when I was like he's actually the sweet boy in this movie (laughs) he was the sweet boy he was a little soft boy he was he made me really sad he was honestly my saddest death Mm -hmm. yeah that whole the whole sequence that well I guess when we talk about the killings like that whole like Hicks house sequence was wild the Hicks that's the spinoff the Hicks house House. (laughs) um what did I want to talk about next we did the writing oh let's let's talk about the deaths let's talk about the deaths because we got a big one to talk about obviously yeah okay um uh, yeah well do you I have the list here that you sent me so we'll just start well you want to go in order yeah that's totally fine okay so the only misstep I think that this movie made was that first like rocker character that they just killed and he never really impacted the cast and they made it a point to show him like doing shit like the shit that he was doing at the beginning reminded me of Mark Wahlberg's friends in the movie Fear when they like thrust their hips at Alyssa Milano and try and be creepy at her. Oh, yeah. Like he was like being creepy to um live. To, to live. Okay, so um, I take it back when I said girl girl who gave us nothing. Actually, this guy was a girl who gave us nothing. <laughs> legitimately nothing. It was almost like they forgot that they wrote him into the movie and they were like, oh, we have to kill him. Let's kill him. Yeah. I wonder if there is a cut where there are more scenes because really he only has two scenes and only talks like for 30 seconds. The whole <laughs> movie. Like, yeah. He's introduced as like, oh, this creepy guy who's stalking Liv, but also I'm just like, okay, great. Let's, are we going to talk about that? Or are we right. just- <laughs> they never, never about it. I mean, if he was just the vehicle, no pun intended for red right hand to play in this movie i'll take it <laughs> i know like see that's how like my brain would work writing this i'm like how do i get this song in there? <laughs> when it came when it happened in the theater i was like i literally no i literally like put my hands i went the song <laughs> and it was so cool that it was playing on his it was just a nice touch it was playing like on his radio and he turned it off yeah. like that was cool because scream 4 didn't use it the only movie that never used it they use it in the trailer for yeah. like 15 seconds but they never it's the only movie in the franchise where that song is not playing in the film so i was really happy that this one like they're like oh no it's it's he's listening to this it's just playing in the car yeah like we're back baby we're back in like yeah. screen territory yeah um, i wish no i agree i wish that scene that scene should have been longer i feel like the there should have been an actual like death scene there yeah because i mean that first stab to the neck was really fucking cool right um but then we just we don't see him actually get you know stabbed to death or actually just stop breathing he starts crawling away and the scene just ends and then we find out he dies through like a news report that we don't even we just hear in the background yeah and i guess we because 
I have it in my notes that we should obviously talk about the special effects like while we're talking about these deaths because they it yeah. was just so I mean it truly was like for me like a bookmark in special effects and horror films like the the again I keep saying this word but the restraint mm-hmm. the to be able to just have Ghostface like put a knife in somebody's neck and pull it out and have it not be cartoonish or like you know when like scream too when you hear people get scabbed and it sounds like they're stabbing like a sponge it's like yeah (laughs) yes 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 specifically like hallie's death scene (laughs) what (laughs) what (laughs) why did you say it like that (laughs) um but yeah, I was like, this is so cool to just see like a person with a sharp knife using a knife how a person would use it. Yeah. <clears throat> and not like a movie prop, like he's using a knife to kill people. Yeah, it was really cool. It was just like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was so simple, like for some, like it's in a way that the other films didn't make it seem so simple, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, but I, I know what you're saying, but I was, yeah. It was really different this time around the way they handled how, you know, he would stab somebody. Yeah, it was like, it just felt very real and um, it looked extremely real. I did, yeah. Like, there's a moment. So let's talk about Judy and Wes. Okay, let's do it. So I think for me, the Judy death is the big, like, the jump scare that like actually took my heart and decided to just squeeze it a tiny bit. Like it was, that. I really was like, I'm going to go into cardiac arrest in this theater. That scared the shit out of me. That entire scene was so suspenseful that like, I started to feel sick. Yeah. Um, Cause it was, it's the thing where, you know, someone's going to die where something happens and all of a sudden we're for some reason, like the, I can't remember what scene was before like the scene ends and then we immediately see just see judy ordering chinese food like in her house and mm-hmm. i was like well i was like fuck i know i know <laughs> <laughs> i know and then the way that they did it was so cool because it's all it was all an like an accident mm-hmm. because it was it could have all been avoided if she fucking postmated but no, she's yeah. such a good, she's such a good mom oh. that she says, I'm picking it up because when we post made it, your food gets soggy and you don't like that. And that made oh, me really sad. I can't. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to go pick it up and you set the table. And so she gets in her car, she leaves and gets a call. And while she's out getting the Chinese food, her son Wes is taking a shower. And so like you already just like, are horrified because you're like, oh, Wes is going to get murdered while yeah. she's putting some sush, which is really, really rude. Right. Um, you know, and then the the phone call happens. She gets threatened. She drives back to save Wes because he's like, I'm going to kill your son. I'm in the house. And she's like, oh, fuck. Let me turn around. Fuck the sushi. And gets to the house and just the most traumatic stabbing I've ever seen. Because it was broad daylight. It was like 2 p.m. in the afternoon on like a Tuesday. <laughs> like, she's, in her, she's in her athleisure. She's just wanting yeah. to go get some Chinese food, some dumplings. And just kills her in the front yard in the most like brutal stabbing so far that we've seen in the movie. Right. And it was shocking because it like, 
the the very last thing that you were expecting was that he would just swing the door open mm-hmm. and kill her on the steps and just literally i mean she was like a a sneeze away from somebody hearing her it's the middle of the day in this like suburban neighborhood there are mailmen out like they because she drove past and they made it a point to show like people were outside you know what i mean yeah. um so that was just so like gruesome and to know that like she knows her son is about to die like it was just she was really in mama intense. bear mode and that's what made it really sad because she was just like i need to go save my son yeah the fake out that i mean because like so basically she runs up the stairs like to get to her front door and he's already he's outside waiting and he just like comes out from the bushes and just plunges the knife into her stomach and like it happened so quickly that i i I did gasp i was like (gasps) Like, (laughs) it was shock it was shocking and it was even more shocking because it was so brutal and so um like menacing but it was in the middle of the day like he chose that death to be like he literally stabbed her in her side like 40 times yeah like and oh god it was just so intense and and she's laying there dying knowing that he's just gonna stroll in her house and her kid's gonna think it's her because she's on her way home yeah i need to go back and check but a lot of the deaths i read everyone stabbed seven times i could be oh really yeah like I think hers was seven and someone like there's like two more I think where they're like seven stabs to like it was oh. symbolize you know stab seven and stab eight wasn't real um and you're a big but, you you love Judy right you you're a big Judy head I was really really happy when <laughs> her cast announcement came out because she could have easily had been someone that is never revisited again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to not only bring her back, but now she's the sheriff of Woodsboro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Judy head. I'm a Judy stan. <laughs> or as Ghostface says, Judy. <laughs> Why did he say it like that? I don't know. I saw the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot he says, hello, Judy. It's <laughs> like, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god jay loves judy's lemon squares he's obsessed with them. i do oh and the note she left <laughs> oh my god and and yeah and he so then we transition to him who's like in the shower just minding his business he's u- using all of his his sponsored products uh <laughs> his soft soap his axe his axe yeah. <laughs> no i remember like i was looking at that especially the second time i was like damn what a normal ass family <laughs> no like it, it was it just they're like their house felt so fucking real mm-hmm. for whatever reason like all of the products and everything even the way that they were placed was like this is so real and i thought one of the honestly one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie was him setting the table and yeah. i thought it was so cool that the movie let that play out for so long and all the knew, fake outs were incredible oh my god they knew that we were like waiting for him to be behind every pantry door the refrigerator yeah. door they did that twice in a row and he wasn't there and it was so cool to like not have the cliche be the thing um and to watch him set the table was like really sad it added so much like heartbreak to because then you just realize you watched the demise of an entire family basically yeah who were just having a normal last day at home (laughs) and that he is like like you said he's like a soft boy like he his mom was like obsessed with him but then when we see him setting the table we you sort of learn that it's like 
she he's just as obsessed with her he's like getting out all the condiments and he really was like setting the table for them to have dinner together in the kitchen yeah oh my god it's so sad and then just when it happens for him it's so brutal (laughs) it is so brutal and slow burn like the knife just slowly goes through his it's the, the underneath his chin right and then it comes out of his cheek yeah or no it's like like all side neck oh it's all neck okay yeah yeah it goes in and then out of the side of his neck and he just slowly dies like <clears throat> yeah I think um what I was telling people that made it like whenever we are talking about the movie after um what made it like so brutal that scene was like not only just watching it happen but also just when he slides down like the camera going down with him all the mm. way so we're not he isn't just like sl- you know like when Allison Brie dies in four she slides down and mm-hmm. she just falls to the ground while well, he's falling and we're watching it up until he just is a dead body oh god I was like make you watch every second of it yeah that was really that will stick with me like I'll never that was like one of those moments where I was like oh this is like imprinting (laughs) like (laughs) I'm remembering every strand of hair right now yeah (laughs) um and then Liv what was Liv's death she was at the end with the the reveal oh duh of course yeah she died in the house yeah um Again, like she was a really great character, and all of these characters I would have been fine with being in another screen. And I guess that means that they just did a really great job because yeah, I didn't want any of them to die. I wasn't anybody that was like, oh god, I can't wait for this person to go. Yeah, I was I was ready for it. Um, for all of because for all of them really because I remember a feeling I had opening night of Scream Four, watching. And realizing, like, by the time we get to Kirby's house, it's like, oh, they're all still alive. And we're, like, Mm -hmm. over an hour into this movie. Right. But then they all ended up dying. And so, like, that's kind of what I figured here would happen. We're just like, oh, we're going to get to this house. And every single character on this poster is going to die. Right. And it'll just turn into a bloodbath. Because that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, what Scream 4 did. It just turned into, like, insanity. Um, Yeah. But yeah, there were some fake out deaths in when we finally, which can we talk about the fact that we end up back at Billy Loomis's home? Stu's home? Or Stu's, oh God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> Editing that out. Troy. Uh... <laughs> no, just, everyone just immediately unsubscribed. I lose every sponsor I have. Fake. Fake. <laughs> it's all fake. He's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> um we end up back industry at plant by big planted by big screen <laughs> right <laughs> big screen <Tyler> fucking sucks <laughs> but no we end up back in the house and it's not a prop house it's not a version of the house it's not a rebuild it's the fucking house it's Dumacher's home where where it all went down um i do like how it was I'd like how it felt and looked really real, even though I know because of just what I've looked up that it was fully a set. Right. Which I really want to know how that happened because the house is fully available. Right. Um, they're Airbnb it like crazy. So I'm you sure like, why? I don't know. Cause it, cause I mean, it would have been perfect to have them just go back to the real brick and mortar house, but mm-hmm. 
Because that's one thing I liked about all of the movies was that Wes never used any sets for these houses. Right. They were always real houses. And so I think a lot of them were, like, especially in the opening scene. I know that one was a real house um, that they shot inside of just because of, I mean, I didn't spoil anything for myself. But back whenever, like, set photos were leaking, I was like, oh, cool. I wonder what house that's going to be. I'll remember the way this house looks. Right. And it was the Jenna Ortega house. But um, they built a set for the stew house, um, like a big recreation, which I thought was interesting, but it looked really good. It still felt like the house. Yeah, I wonder if they, I wonder if they're just so booked for like weddings and stuff. That they were just like not even to scream. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, like, honestly, maybe like, like we can't afford now to like have you be here for a year or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously, like the big major going into this movie, we all were thinking one of the Holy Trinity was going to die because it would just make sense at this point, you know, this many movies in to really shock us and really make this feel real. One of them eventually has to die when they've all been stabbed and shot so many times, right? I mean, they are full of bullet holes and knife knife scars. (laughs) All of them just like i'm sure there's a group chat they have where they get shit faced like show me that scar again <laughs> yeah like was there a bullet hole on your side or is it in the back or like this one ch- this this stab was jill this one was um <laughs> yeah. it was billy this one was- <laughs> jill's been shot on her side literally a million times and probably like I was just, like when when Kel gets shot again i was just like that didn't even hurt her <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> What did you think about, who did you think was going to die of the original three? I felt comfortable after just the few times that I saw the trailer, just knowing it was going to be Dewey. Me too. I knew it. I knew it in my bones. I knew it from like different fragments of just scenes that they used. Um, Also because they, when they wrapped the film, they posted like a big group picture at the house, like in their like final night outfits. And I was like, someone's not in this picture. Oh. And I was like, damn, I think I know what this means. <laughs> and then when the trailers very heavily like featured Dewey and just did a lot of hospital scenes with him in the trailer, nowhere to be found at the stew scene. Like, right. He was never like at that house in the trailer. And so that's where he's like, oh, something's going to happen at that hospital and he's not going to make it to the third act. So yeah. I kind of always knew it was going to be him. However, I didn't know it was going to be as like traumatic as it was. I mean, could it have been, you know what though? He probably was like, if you're going to kill me, I want to have like a good death. Oh like, yeah. No, I would have been this. I would have said the same thing. Like if I'm yeah. going, if I've done five of these and this is the one you're going to like cut me out of, I have, I have some suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> just, I want you to use the most blood on any death like just make it fucking visceral and disgusting thank you and i love that the killer was like no this time you're not going to get up and like have another limp like i'm literally going to start from your the the small of your back as britney spears puts it and Mm -hmm. move the knife all the way up your fucking spine like all the way the furthest away from the arch of his feet (laughs) (laughs) right totally like it was (laughs) 
it was really really traumatic and really intense and it was like that moment in the theater like you could hear a pin drop like and I know everybody when it is like either crying or like yeah. pretending they're not crying yeah I definitely <clears throat> I definitely cried at that um honestly where I on it like I cried like because I was like I knew it was gonna happen but it was just so shocking when it happened but I honestly legitimately cried when Dewey and Gail met up for the first time in the movie and they were talking to each other on how and why they got a divorce mm-hmm. and um Gail started like tearing up in her speech <sighs> and I was like oh this is coming from like within this yeah. is they're no longer acting they're talking about their divorce like on camera <laughs> In this movie, I mean, can you imagine what it feels like for them to come back and film this movie? Like, especially now, after all they've been through together, and, like, this movie is a literal, like, just, like, a photo book for their whole relationship. And Entirely. A hundred percent. And I wondered, I knew they were going to be, like, because obviously, I mean, they all are reflective of what they are going through as a couple at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, I was like, they have to be divorced at this point. Um yeah. But I really wondered if they were going to go there with them or just keep them mm-hmm. in like, you know, a marital bliss and maybe they have a kid or something. Because I was like, it could go either way with yeah. how they want to treat like the new version, the modern version of Gail and Dewey. Like maybe they made it work or maybe they didn't. So I wasn't surprised, but also I was just like, okay, they really went there with them. <laughs> like these new people who like don't have a relationship really with Courtney and David were like, we're gonna, we're gonna still mirror what's happening. Yeah. Oh my God. I could literally cry right now. I'm on the verge, huh? Um, <laughs> she's starting. Still, still, she's starting. <laughs> I'm like shaking my margarita. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> but it's true. It was really just like, it was so intense. All of the stuff between them. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he had that photo in his house and you could tell that it was like an, a legitimate photo that like yeah. came from a photo album of his, of their own. Um, it was just, and yeah, I, I thought it was going to be Dewey. If I'm being completely honest with you, as much as I adore Dewey Riley, like I live, laugh, love for him. Dewey has overstayed his welcome in a sense. Let's be honest. He's died okay. eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, I'm with you. At the end of the day, this is a controversial opinion and I'm known for one. (laughs) At the end of the day, Dewey has truly contributed as far as saving the day, helping. Are you sure you want to finish this sentence? Yes. (laughs) The man is truly a bumbling fool. Like he hasn't, in all of the screen movies, Dewey is the least likely to save the day and he's the fucking cop. (laughs) It's always Sydney and Gail. It is. You're not wrong. It is. It is. It's Dewey being um, hit by the handle of a knife and bumbling down the stairs. Like Gail, Gail and Gail and Sydney have figured this out for four movies, but he hasn't. He, hasn't, <laughs> he literally hasn't contributed at all to the I mean, like in four when Gail goes, How did she know I was stabbed too? Like in the yeah. cause she because Gail's like, uh like hello nothing of that oh yeah and he like (laughs) you know it's like Dewey has been very very lucky lucky to have made it this far and it just felt like but I I will say that I thought it was really cool that they let him go out as like a hero his character felt more like you know like he was a badass he was like I did feel like this was like his movie yeah totally he was like this like 
central to this to the entire thing up until he wasn't mm-hmm. um but even in like after that it's still like he was essential because that's the reason sydney finally comes to this stupid town right yeah this felt like his movie it felt like he got to go out like a real fucking badass mm-hmm. and he finally in a sense got to save the day in a way like he saved lives and he wasn't just like you know tripping over stairs or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean that with love family can say stuff like that about family yeah of course of course <laughs> <laughs> it's um, shut up shut up yeah like cousins <laughs> can talk like that uh, let's talk about the reveal of the killers what did you think about the killers did you think that they made sense did you like it I think it made sense I don't know if I particularly gravitated towards the motive as strongly as I did other motives okay tell me about it um I guess it's like I mean this is it all depends on who you ask I guess but I it was so disconnected from I mean it's the first time the motive is no way shape or form connected to Sydney Prescott mm-hmm. and this is just my personal thing is like I kind of wish it was mm-hmm. and like the, the motive I was like okay that makes sense but I was like but also I was like I wanted a little bit more meat to it I guess I get um, that and I was just like I was waiting for some like you know they explain everything and then I was waiting kind of like what happened in the first one where Billy is kind of like it's scarier when there's no motive and then you're like oh so they're just crazy and he goes how about this and that's when he tells her about um her mom and his dad which they uh, cut to Stu or Stu's even like oh shit I didn't know that's why we were doing this right Um, I was kind of I wanted a little bit more of that like this is our motive, but also really it's rooted in this, mm-hmm. which I didn't get, but that's the only, I wish there was just a little bit more meat to the motive. I understand that. I I, I did think, and that was like, we're going to get to criticisms. And I, got, I guess that's the reason I put criticism after this. Cause I, yeah, I knew that that was, but um, I felt the same way. Like I liked the people that were chosen as the killers. Like I thought that they were fine um and I thought they did a really good job of just classic scream keeping you guessing not knowing you know Mm -hmm. for sure who it would be everybody made sense to be honest and um I thought that was great I did think though that the motive was a little weak and I understood that they were trying to like it's like these kids are so removed from who Sydney Prescott is like in their mind she's like a 90s horror movie person like they don't you know I I I did like that aspect of it where they were like no like this Sydney really is being removed from this narrative yeah whatever yeah they pepper that in throughout the whole movie where like they don't really know these people yeah um because in the opening scene with Jenna Ortega he asks who's the original killer and the in stab and she says Billy Loomis mm-hmm. and that's her final answer and he's like no it's Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker. so I'm mm-hmm. like do people like just not remember him like not just in the Scream universe but like mm-hmm. a normal like horror like my like teen 18 year old now who's asked about that do they not remember who that is because even then 
because then when we get to the scene where we talk about requels which was really fun um they go yeah the original killers were billy and stumacher and someone goes who right so i'm just like do people just generally with just like a very base knowledge like an 18 year old removed from this entire franchise just really like not remember a lot of people because that's kind of like what they were alluding to in this was just everyone was just like who's that again and it, yeah to me, it made me feel like they were like trying to almost do like um like it was similar to drew not remembering that jason's mom was the killer in the first one that's a good point because like, even like when they asked her about like gail weathers jenna ortega was like the lady from the news right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, if you've seen Friday the 13th, like, of course, you know that Jason's mom is in the killer in the beginning. But if you're not like, yeah. you know, and at that time when the first screen came out, it would have been like as equally removed, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I just, I wanted a little bit more storyline. And I also felt yes. like <laughs> I was a little critical of, you know, they have to explain the reason that they're doing this and I understand that but I was like like the the carrying on of explaining what's going on like bothers me <laughs> like just explaining every single aspect of like your thought process and like why you chose to do this I was like okay that took me out of it like a tiny bit when yeah. um when Amber was just like going on and having like her manic moment in the kitchen of being like we're gonna be famous <laughs> oh, it's like all right girl we get it like you're explaining your it's we get it you know what i mean that she was shrieking in that final <laughs> act I, Although I did like her reveal happened so fast i think that's what made it shocking yeah it's because we get we get it in a moment where everyone is just in hysterics mm-hmm. and all of the new cast are in the living room and everyone is just like you're the killer no you are 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 and then she just pulls his gun out and shoots my girl in the head my girl live just out of nowhere she's like no i am yeah <laughs> welcome was, to the third act that was really shut cool up. i was like shut up welcome <laughs> to the third act. you can't do this <laughs> yeah that part of it was um that was like i guess the only thing that i would critique about the movie was was that but um i also did think that the Amber character and that actress was a much better like her version of like psycho crazy girl psycho shrieking crazy girl who's like (laughs) I want to be famous like I thought her version of that was 20 times better than Emma Roberts version interesting um I think that was a pointed interesting I hated that by the way go ahead (laughs) (laughs) oh you can tell (laughs) moving on <laughs> You're like, mm, interesting. Um, I'm also recording with my stab knife. So. Yeah, Jay started waving a knife at me and getting freaked out. <laughs> Just like really interesting. <laughs> um, no, so I think they both brought like two different energies to it, though. That I like. Like I like both of them. We're like, but you know what? Okay, so now that I'm like saying this out loud for the first time and like thinking about it. I am kind of more scared of Amber because Amber's like that girl who she'll, who she'll like hit you if she like 
if you just like say something wrong to her, she'll just like say something mean where you're just like, fuck. Right. Like hers, she'll, she'll call like, you, she'll call you, like, she'll call you the F slur and like not even like be like thinking <laughs> about it. And look you deeply in the eyes when she says it to make sure it hurts you. Like <laughs> yeah. she actually scared me. Like I was like, she's actually a little fucking psychopath. And I really truly feel in this moment in the kitchen like I don't know what she'll do I really was like terrified of her at the end of the movie whereas like with Emma I thought she gave a really great classic bitchy Emma Roberts performance but I didn't believe it as much Emma gave Emma <laughs> yeah it's like oh cool she gave, like, she's like this is how I yell at Evan Peters this is how I'm gonna yell now <laughs> right she like took off her Chanel jacket to then just be <laughs> Chanel in the movie um what did you think about Richie Richie, I mean, it was the it was uh, the thing that everyone said in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Always, always um, expect or like suspect the love interest. Right. I thought it was really interesting that that it was like it was one of those things. Like I was like, oh my god, no way! But also, eh, they did tell it say in the very beginning that it was him. Yeah, because <laughs> it I was love- so it was so obvious that you didn't want it to be that obvious and that's what made it work right because you're like I mean I think I know that that it's him but there's just no way they're gonna do that again and I thought it was pretty ballsy for them to do that again yeah because it's like human nature to like second guess it being so obvious yeah because it was spoon-fed because they literally told us like five times in the whole movie like it's your boyfriend bitch like Mm -hmm. And I love that he was like, Dewey tried to tell you. Dewey literally told you guys it was me. You still didn't believe it. Yeah, and like every time you're like, we need to leave or like, you should go. He was like, no. Yeah. I would be like, why? <laughs> like, no, go. Like, I'll see you like tomorrow. <laughs> and he was always popping up just like right after somebody died, giving very much Debbie Salt. On, on, always on the payphone outside the college when people are dying. Payphone uh, <laughs> running. <laughs> she's a deadline um (laughs) i think we've gone over our criticisms oh i still have a couple more oh okay um so i honestly i wish there were more chase scenes oh right okay yeah get a chase scene at all i mean we kind of did in the hospital with jen ortega in the wheelchair right that was that doesn't count i needed like a scream to gail in the recording booth um just classic chase scene i agree especially for a movie that does them so well like yeah i would have loved to have seen just because this movie elevated everything in such a great way it would have been cool to see this movie's take on like a you know gale in the studio scene because that's one of my favorite horror movie scenes of all time oh yeah because it's 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 so well done and that still holds up as being fucking terrifying Mm mm-hmm because he's like toying with her like he could get her but he's not doing it yeah like fucking with her mm-hmm. um and so i only, agree with that yeah and the only other thing <clears throat> is um i wish there was just a little bit more like drama or like the melodrama of it all mm-hmm. um i mean because the first four at least like if even like if you removed all of the murder scenes in it, it would be just some really fucked up dark family drama. Um, right. Yeah. Just about, you know, Sydney's mom and her past. And then part four, you get Sydney coming back to Woodsboro and reconnecting with like Jill and her mom. And mm-hmm. just like, 
weird family trauma that it's all based off of and then with this one I felt like I could have used a little more of the actual just like real life drama aside from the murders because I felt like this was so murder heavy Mm -hmm. that we they sacrificed a lot of this just like real world like trauma that everyone's dealing with so I could have used a little bit just like more just dramatic storyline and that's where I think um this movie I was watching a reviewer on YouTube and I don't remember what his name is but it was a really good review doesn't help anybody um and he (laughs) basically said like the difference between he's like this is obviously a really great movie and you know probably one of the best sequels of this film um but like the one thing that this movie has working against it is that it has to tie all these loose ends for this like 20 year long story while also introducing these new people that they want to pick up the new version of the story so we probably won't get like this new era's full potential yeah until the following movie because that would be like the new the real new screen yeah you know yeah because like I guess that's true yeah that's a good point because like with Scream 2 it was so like Scream 2 is so long Mm -hmm. I think it's at like an even like the only one that like hits two hours yeah but like the stuff with like Sydney's trauma with like her dealing with being in college her and Derek and her and like stab being a movie like there was so much there that didn't have anything to do with being Ghostface right it was just it really was her like Scream 2 was just about her in college trying to get away from what happened in Woodsboro and then when you take out all the murders I think it's a really great story about overcoming trauma um but yeah Yeah. it it makes sense though I wonder if we do get a second one of this era if we get you know maybe like a Tara at college kind of thing um do we go to college again like what does we're gonna talk about that like I was thinking about that all day today I'm just like where does it go because I I mean now thinking about what you just said from that reviewer I was like oh yeah I guess that's true we can see like a more meteor film in the next chapter of these yeah they'll really be able to dig into like their interrelationships and all of their stuff and their history and you know that'll be really cool like it'll it'll yeah. be cool to see them build an entirely new world and not just give us like a glimmer of it because this really was just kind of like a peek at like the new yeah. screen world or the potential of a new screen world. oh I wish we would have saw more like inside Woodsboro High School that would have made a oh lot of, yeah totally it would have been because really, we like were in the front of it but I don't think they got, like, got a school Mm-hmm. Um, because we just saw them like at a picnic table we never even saw like a school in the background right so I think like this park I guess can be the school courtyard or something right um, oh my god that's so true I love the in school moments yeah because I mean like because four brought it back because like you know we were in Woodsboro High School once in the first one and then four we go back to the school and granted it was only for maybe like two scenes but this one I was when they did like the reveal like with like the Woodsboro like high school like banners like flying in front of the camera I was like oh yes let's go back to the high school but we only just sat outside for a little bit so I wish there was more like inside the school yeah no I agree with that my big criticism and still I even after this conversation I still stand behind it I I just don't really understand I'm not saying that we needed to have like you know several hours of Dewey Gale and, and Sydney I understand that this is like a new era 
but for them to all be so on board with filming this movie and to be so intensely involved in it I just thought it was odd that we didn't get a single moment of them of the three of them together like I just really don't understand why why I don't I don't get it you know um that didn't hit me until after we left the theater like after the like we went to a bar to go grab drinks after the movie and just to like decompress and talk about it yeah and I was just so like amped up watching this that like one of the people we were with was like, yeah, they the trio didn't have a scene all three together. And I was like, yeah, they did. I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah. No, they oh, You pull out did. your stab knife. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, they did. Did you not see it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they really, like the trio were not in one room together once, which was really sad. Why? I don't understand. It's not like this is a screen three situation where Nev is filming fucking wild things or whatever. Like, why? <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't get, I really, truly will never understand that, especially if they knew they were going to kill Dewey. Why not give the three of them a moment together? Yeah, I think that goes with the the visceralness of the entire franchise, of, or the entire like theme of this specific one. Yeah. Because they're like, well, Sydney says she don't give a fuck about Woodsboro. She says, I'm not going back to that nasty, musty city ever again. <laughs> right. Like, so what, what do we do to get her here? It's like, oh, I guess we do kill, we kill Dwight. And yeah. um, that's going to be what brings her back here, which I understand. But yeah, as like the tiny fan service in me, it was like, they couldn't be together for like a, a Like lunch. a minute? Like, yeah, like a lunch, get a, get a coffee? you know what I mean like I'm not asking for a whole movie where they're like fighting crime together but just like a moment would have been cool yeah Um, Yeah, like I get why they did it but I also agree it's just sad that they weren't all in like one place at the same time yeah and I will say that I was really happy to hear Dewey's theme music come back I was too I was like oh my god do I hear bloom 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 I know no I literally was like that's my favorite song and I was like (laughs) It's like it doesn't have lyrics, but I'm still singing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dewey Love theme. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about like the legacy characters that you want to add or that we missed? Um. Do we go into legacy into Easter eggs? If we're, I mean, is he an Easter egg? If we're talking about the Billy Loomis of it all? Yeah, I would okay. say so. Right. Yeah, because I was like, is that an Easter egg? But also <laughs> legacy, because we also have not mentioned that once yet. I know, I know. He feels like an Easter egg to me. But no, we could talk about him. I mean, it's, you know, who cares? We're just, okay. we're just clucking. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Billy. What did you think about their way of, like, bringing him back? I didn't like it at first. Yeah. So I was like, I literally, like, in my head, I had to stop myself from saying, like, shut the fuck up whenever they showed him in the mirror but also i quickly like had to remember we're watching scream scream is known for being ridiculous and campy Mm -hmm. also sydney has seen her dead mom in visions two movies ago this has happened before (laughs) this should shock nobody so i had to quickly remind myself of that she talked in a weird inflection So I'm glad, I'm glad this vision of Billy, he had, you know, it was Billy. He, I'm he was laughing like, because all I hear is her mom in my head being like, Sydney. <laughs> Everything you touch, it dies. Dies. <laughs> she turn on the news. <laughs> 
don't you see? So she basically was like one of the voices in The Exorcist. You know, in, in The Exorcist, she's like 12 male voices. One of them was Maureen Prescott. <laughs> it's like chugging all those like raw eggs. <laughs> she's like, this egg's Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But I agree with you. I actually think that that's like, I was like not into it at first. I was like, this is going to take me out of it. I don't like this. I don't want some CGI Billy Loomis. Don't do this to me. But I thought that it was like, I ended up really liking it. Yeah. Um, I did too. And it's like, I didn't know. I, I honestly didn't know until today um, how much of it was really Skeet Ulrich and how much was CGI. Right. How, how much? What was that? It was really him. They just did like the de-aging thing. Because um, he posted on his Instagram today like pictures of him there like on set. So it was really him, which I really appreciated. I thought they but, did a good job with the de-aging too. Because, well, and I could, you could tell a little bit. Yeah. Because I was, because I thought I was sitting there like, I think his second appearance, I was like, I truly don't know if that's CGI or not, but that like <laughs> sounds like his voice. I mean, there's, would he like ADR like his own CGI? I, right. Like, and, I, and I was like, it looks like de-aging, but like, cause it was, it looked like de-aging and CGI at the same time. Mm-hmm. Ultimately I liked it. And again, after seeing it a second time, and I think because I just knew it was coming on my second watch, I was like, oh, this looks completely fine. Yeah. This looks normal. I can tell that it looks like him and I can kind of tell it was the de-aging thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was definitely, like, it was definitely him IRL, like, on set. It looked like him aged, but, like, really hot. His hair needed to be longer, though. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I just, it needed to, it was, like, right here. It needed to be, like, right here. Just, like, <laughs> maybe an inch more. He needed another inch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, like, weirdly into cgi de-age skeetle <laughs> yeah it's like he looked like himself if he aged with like the most grace ever yeah like yeah, just he, I mean, not that he's aging terribly but i mean i watch oh i'm a full-on riverdale stan despite oh, i know despite it <laughs> right despite it being completely illogical and making no sense i mean yeah um so i've seen him and he definitely looks older like that's an older man but right. like him with the de-aging, I was like, wait, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looked good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool touch to be like, he's a voice in her head. And like, mm-hmm. you know, she's got that little bit of him. And it really made me, to be honest with you, I fell in love with it when she killed, when she had that moment where she like became a fucking murderer. Yeah. And she like oh, went nuts. Wait why are we talking about this we didn't even tell anyone why do or why uh, billy's in this <laughs> oh hello <laughs> am i the host of a podcast or no <laughs> so billy loomis's daughter is in this film and that's the streamline it's like i guess it's like in it's cool though because it's like still in some way connected to sydney like it's mm-hmm. like just enough of a degree away that it's like She's still involved, but like not so intensely. So like that's fun. Yeah. But yeah, Billy Loomis's child is in this film. Um, yeah, and she's uh, Sam, who I was talking about earlier, which is why I was trying to like hold it for context. But when I was saying like, every, so basically, while Billy was with Sydney at some point, he got someone else pregnant. Yeah, and that baby grew up to be Sam in this movie. And Sam is the only one who knows that about herself. 
yeah amongst her circle of friends so that's why i was saying also she's a hispanic lead that's why i was saying everyone in woodsboro was just hooking up which is all these like hispanic people which i really appreciated and apparently uh, they're all it, hot because like with martha meeks i was like what did you do like who's right who was the woman um who is like who, who is sam's mom by the way sam and tara's mom is could not be bothered in france right now <laughs> and they they keep saying i called mom told her where we are and i'm just like is she not coming right like there's murders happening at like a very rapid speed like tara has been like attempted murdered like twice <laughs> i thought that was insane i thought it was gonna be more of a part of the story like that she was like dead or something i couldn't believe that she just the parents just weren't coming home <laughs> she's like at a conference they're like i talked to her i told her where we're going i was like why is she not on the first plane here after her daughter's been hacked up <laughs> yeah she's like i told mom i got stabbed through my hand by the murderer she's still working <laughs> <laughs> she's at work um my fun theory is that sam's mom is the girl from the original scream talking shit about sydney in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. from ricky lake yeah, who like very cartoonishly wipes her lips because she's a mean maybe, girl. Maybe she's a slut, just like her mother. <laughs> yeah. no, that's a really good theory. Maybe in the next one they would add some meat to the story by doing something with their parents because they could do anything they want now with her mom. Yeah, yeah. I would want, oh my God, wait, that's a good point. This like next one is like the parents somehow know. <laughs> yeah. Riverdale thing. Riverdale's already done this, but let's keep, let's keep doing it. The parents are involved. Um, but no, yeah, she was, I thought it was cool that she was like Billy's son. I thought that was a really cool touch and it felt very scream. Like it just felt very like, you know, it was like what they tried to do with Roman, but like it worked better. Yeah. Um, because Roman is just, I'm like fucking trashing scream. Or, or no, uh, that's Scream 3. I'm okay I'm okay with Trashing Scream because I actually really like it. Yeah. But uh, What was that? I was watching an interview with Nev Campbell the other day. And they were talking about like the different killers. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, yeah. Um, and the third one was kind of weird because like I had this brother or something I didn't know about. And I just thought that was really out of nowhere. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, she hated it. <laughs> Nev Roman is the worst killer reveal. Come on, like yeah, it was just like he was just like that that tuba like sound, just like when he flips his mask up, it was like burn, burn, burn. Yeah. <laughs> like you lost the prices, right? Because <laughs> it's like, you know, like it's the just the crowd going oh right because he was like it was like Roman like oh like why? But no, yeah, this was like that, but it actually worked and was much better thought out and, you know, yeah. they actually pulled it off really well. We need an illegitimate love child to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, listen, the fact that we're in our fifth installment of this franchise and nobody- We're in our 50s. I was about to get pissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in our fifth installment of this franchise and nobody has figured out that they have telekinesis yet. They are showing restraint and they are, like, the <laughs> fact that Sydney can't, at this point, kill Ghostface with her brain is, like, or, or psychic ability or she can see into the future. Like yeah, She needs, like, the psychic it. powers. She needs the psychic powers from rubber where she just, like, looks at something and it just explodes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I do love in a horror movie when the when the final girl randomly like in that one Friday the Thirteenth when the final girl can like it's like Carrie. Oh yeah, what part is that? Oh my god, wait, I'm forgetting which part that is. I think it's six, or no, I don't know. It's either maybe five, but yeah, that's great. 
she uh-huh. can like carry things, <laughs> you know like we'll get there one day with sippy oh yeah no, sippy's gonna get like red eyes and everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'll just turn into storm <laughs> um you want to talk about easter eggs i absolutely want to talk about easter eggs okay i thought screen five did an incredible job with easter eggs that were not um hitting you over the head they were really fun great callbacks like i thought they did a really good job with this yeah i agree um so you made a list the only one i don't remember is the first one you have listed where you have charlie's name dropped in the first call i actually don't remember that either i looked them up Oh, so okay. I looked up a list of the Easter eggs that people have been able to point out thus far. Uh-huh. And um, at the beginning, apparently Charlie was name dropped, like the Colkin from the, four- the fourth film. Yeah. I, I guess... don't remember that. Oh, I wonder. And if someone's probably yelling at this in their car. The two people who love this as much as we do. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, is that like the, the fake name he gave her like at the very, because at the, when she gets the first phone call, he fakes who he is for a long time. Oh, you're right. That is, but, that has to be it. Because he was like, yeah, this is so-and-so, your mom's friend from group. And that's how we get to know that her mom's a drunk. Right. Um, and then I, I can't remember. And again, I've already seen this twice, but I just, I can't remember if he says my name's Charlie, your mom's friend from group. No, you're right. And that's why it would have been considered a red herring. Cause you would think like, oh, it's Charlie, the, the killer yeah before then maybe he didn't die yeah okay i'll just gotta i mean no that has to be i'll watch it a third time to make sure (laughs) if i have to i have amc pass it'll cost me nothing (laughs) (laughs) um another one that they consider to be an easter egg is just how similar the opening was to drew which i get you know she had like the butcher block moment and oh no um i think i've texted you this like it's my favorite character is the butcher block it's an yeah (laughs) one four and five she never ages (laughs) how many times have you like daintily put your head on your hand and pulled the butcher knife out of the butcher block and dropped it back in every single day in my life since i was nine (laughs) (laughs) you're like pretending to make jiffy pop (laughs) i have Um, to do it it's like my my like ocd behavior is like i have to pretend i'm like daintily grabbing this and putting it back before i leave the house today (laughs) these are my screen ticks (laughs) sorry (laughs) look it up look it up (laughs) but no yeah she that that whole scene was just like such a love letter to drew Mm -hmm. you could just feel it like Mm -hmm. you could just yeah all of it um of course judy hicks's lemon squares she put the little note on the fridge that she had made someone that they were, oh, I, can't, I can't even I'm think sure, about Judy. You know, I, Gail is being a bitch. I'm sure they're so good. <laughs> Every time they mention them, I want lemon squares immediately. I, I think I'm going to make some. I'm like, <laughs> it sounds really good. Honestly. Um, they don't taste like ass, Judy. <laughs> and then there's a moment that I thought was really funny. And I was like, wow, I must be the only homosexual in this theater because nobody else is laughing at this. But uh, there's a moment where Gail is on Good Morning America and you catch her at the tail end saying like that she'll never have bangs again. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was her show. It wasn't Good Morning America. It was the Gail show. Oh, was it her show show? Yeah. It was like, I think like Mornings with Gail, I think it's called. (laughs) That was like really great. I fucking belly laughed and it was like, it echoed for an hour in the theater because it was so, I was like, hello, (laughs) hello. Are there no homosexuals? Also, wait, just like side note. How great did Gail look? 
Oh my In the red. I love that they're keeping up the tradition of she's going to wear just a solid, just bright colored power suit anywhere she goes. Yes. And the fact that when there's a murder, anytime there's a murder in Woodsboro, she's like, where are my brights? Yeah, where are my neons? (laughs) Hello, I need a power suit. And they zoomed in on the suit before her and you just fucking knew it was her. Oh, I love that. That was such Um, a chic. That red? Yeah. So chic. She, they all honestly i mean aside obviously from dewey um they all looked amazing like yeah. sydney looked incredible too she just doesn't fuck nev campbell doesn't age no not at all she's so beautiful <clears throat> she's still wearing those brown jackets though she is she loves her <laughs> earth tones sydney loves her tones. tones um i do like that they gave dewey like a moment like that whenever um martha's cameo happens she goes dewey you look <laughs> <laughs> also oh no back to martha um when she walks into the living room with snacks she goes "Ooh, suspects yeah <laughs> i thought um just personally i thought david arquette looked really hot though oh yeah no a hundred percent i was like fuck he looks so <laughs> good because no, Dewey like, doesn't ever really do it for me in that way i'm not like a david arquette i'm not like, like sexually attracted to him really no, this this modern David, like I'll, I can fix them. Yes, absolutely. I'm like, put that <laughs> flask down, babe. <laughs> Let's talk. Hand me the bottle. Um, <laughs> there was a dead meat cameo, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. So this was like it happened so quickly uh-huh. that everyone in the theater started clapping. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was getting, you know, I was drinking my Tito's and Sprite Zero Lemonade. <laughs> To where I was just like, what is happening? Because <laughs> like, just I was just like, you, it's YouTubers. And I was like, oh, these must be like YouTubers. And I don't know because I don't right. And then I was just like, the more the scene, I was like, oh wait, okay, yes, I'm here, I'm present. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I was like, good for them. And you know, honestly, I think that like I love Dead Meat. I like pretty much watch all of the Kill Count episodes, and they actually just yeah. released. Uh, um, there's like. Airbnb, Airbnb, um, the Scream House, and they just filmed like a really in-depth tour of the house that was really interesting because I actually haven't even seen that one yet. Oh, you'll love it because it it helps explain a lot of the narration of the first film and like why certain things happen or why people run certain ways and stuff. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, they're great and they just seem like good people. I was like, it's cool that they got this cameo. Yeah, all of the because they just seem cool like a cool couple agreed yeah that was really fun and then that led us to more easter eggs in that scene (laughs) a very important one if you ask me maybe the most important to be honest (laughs) um we saw on the screen next to them that there was a link for an interview with kirby and it said specifically interview with kirby survivor yeah on the screen survivor so we can now confirm that Hayden has lived. She survived Scream 4, which has been honestly a hot topic um, in the franchise for 11 years. Yeah. Because she was such a great character. She was probably the best character in Scream 4, maybe the entire franchise, yeah. might I say. Um, but when her death scene happens in four, the big debate was she, we don't see her actually die. She gets mm-hmm. stabbed. She's bleeding on the ground, but she's still like alive before the camera cuts to the next scene. 
Right. And one of the unwritten rolls. rules, she rolls around and she's still very much alive. But one of the unwritten rules in Scream is that you're dead if you die. Like mm-hmm. we will, if you don't die on screen, sure. Maybe you're going to pop back up in the third act. Right. Um, but it kind of like ends everyone basically it was understood that she died but because we didn't see her take her last breath on camera mm-hmm. has left room for discussion that she survived maybe yeah. um so that's been like a thing that people have always like continuously talked about for the last 11 years and the fact that we finally they finally put it in as a like a youtube thumbnail link off to the side that she actually survived was really, really huge. And everyone just like let out an 11 year collective sigh. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because she was the best Randy substitute that I think that they had written into this franchise since Randy. And then to kill her or, you know, allegedly kill her just felt like, are you fucking doing this again, really? You're yeah. going to take her away from us, really? <laughs> like, did you not learn from the, the reaction to Randy dying that people still are like, he can't be dead? It's like 20 years later. <laughs> um, but yeah. Another so thumbnail? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I was really happy to see that. And uh, I also wanted to say that I think if they did decide to bring Hayden back, she would, I understood like why she wouldn't be involved in these people's lives. She's like 10 years older than these kids now. But she would be a really great um, character she to like lead the, this movie. The new experts. Yes. Um, for for the next one. Oh my god! Um, I, I love like because like the way that you know like just that the filmmakers and the writers like know what we're paying attention to and know that what conversations are happening that have been happening since Scream 4 mm-hmm. it's one of the thumbnails that also like underneath that really fucking pisses me off that I think is such a stupid conversation okay everyone's like Stu survives and he's been the mastermind this whole time and he's gonna be in Scream 5 right and I've even had like like a friend of mine text me that I was like what if like Stu comes back it makes sense and I'm just like how does this in make what sense? world it never and I hate and it gets like really big traction like I've done I've read a lot of like reddit threads youtube comments where they're like people are like in agreement. like yeah it would be really cool if Stu is a back and this is like his master I was like there are is your brain leaking like like <laughs> it was a reach for Dewey to come back stupid <laughs> I'm like literally that's like as you explained earlier like in the rules of this movie like being stabbed and coming back is like pushing it mm-hmm. to have a television <laughs> and not just a, a fat back old fucking 90s television like the kind that your grandmother <laughs> still has fall on your face like 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 glass yeah like literally crush you um it's absurd yeah and it's always just so surprising to me like when that before this movie come, came out like in the last you know years how like every now and then there's like an influx of like just this army of fans who are like yeah no this is how it should go that makes total sense and ever like i just have never been a part of that train i'm just like oh yeah you're right i'm like no you're stupid for suggesting that no <laughs> we save absurdity for that for like the halloween franchise like exactly Scream is campy but it's also rooted in like a reality yeah you know like its own exactly. reality i just don't i don't like that um 
Dewey has a box of Tatum's ashes in his house and literally another moment that squeezed my heart. I was like, Ugh. I know. Ugh. Ouch. Because that killed me. Ever, she hasn't been acknowledged since one, she had like one mention in Scream 2. Yeah. But that was it. And so to see that he keeps her ashes in a box now, like with the white rose, like it was just like really sad. <laughs> Yeah, that always has bothered me that Dewey doesn't show any remorse for his sister. I just like don't, I was like, I've never got that because it would take no time at all to just like write that in. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was so fucking cool. Dewey was just like, like, you know, when, um, like how Daniel Craig is like the the dark knight version of James Bond, like he's like dark and an alcoholic and like brooding and all that stuff. Like this was like Dewey's dark knight version of Dewey Riley like wow that's such a good way to put it (laughs) you know what i mean like he was like brooding and very realistic and he wasn't hokey like he was like a grown-ass man that's been through some shit has been stabbed like lost family member yeah like (laughs) so that was a really great moment oh my god i lost my mind whenever he texted gail at the very beginning oh oh my god (laughs) i know those faces back don't come here and then follow-up text hope you're doing well smiley face (laughs) she's like why would you text me ghost faces back you fucking idiot oh my god um another easter egg is that people believe sydney may be married to kincaid i yeah i just i fall in the camp that she is me too i I like that i mean there's i mean they that's what i mean going back to when i said like the writers really know this audience and they know this franchise really well i mean there's no i mean that's I don't see them writing that not realizing there is Mark Kincaid. Yeah, it's way too, yeah, people are, they know that we're psychotic. Yeah, yeah. They know. They <laughs> No, they wrote little... this for me and you only. <laughs> All right. These two queens, we'll make them giggle and make them happy. Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> I, I really They're watching that. this live stream right now. They're like, what are <laughs> fucking talking about I knew they would. They're all crying <laughs> silently, like so happy that we're really doing the thing. <laughs> um, but no, I believe that to be true. I'm going to choose to believe that to be true. Um, there's another scene where uh is it Liv that's watching Dawson's Creek? No, it's Tara in the hospital. It's on her hospital TV. Oh yeah, Tara's watching Dawson's Creek and she's watching the episode The Scare, which is a parody of Friday the 13th. Love that. Mm-hmm. love the acknowledgement of Dawson's Creek because this movie is so like the origins of this movie is so rooted in that kind of television yeah like that sort of like young Hollywood 17 magazine Neutrogena star you know yeah no honestly like, as soon as you say Neutrogena Neutrogena I'm there I know exactly what kind of person you're talking right <laughs> and I know obviously Kevin wrote um Dawson's Creek but I feel like it's like even more than that yeah it's layered yeah um we gotta talk about randy's shrine which was so I iconic want it <laughs> the entire thing. you will have that shrine in your bedroom like before the week is over it's it's i i have some googling to do i can make this happen <laughs> it was so cool i love that they're like the vhs tapes were there mm-hmm. all of his favorite horror movies like it was just really sweet i thought I just wish they still would have explained what the fuck Martha was doing in Hollywood that day on set. Like, <laughs> hey, Sid, 
Don't shoot. I'm only 17. <laughs> oh my no God. one said, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and nobody said, why are your glasses so, so tiny? The like, littlest can you, frames. Can you see? <laughs> hey, Sid. Um, the Billy Loomis um, uh, umbrella moment was also really iconic. I lo- I didn't know where what it was happening. I was like, is she gonna grab it? She has to grab it. <laughs> right. I know it was so cool. It like it in like less than like a half a second. I was like, the fucking umbrella. There mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> yeah, and I learned from Dead Meat that that house has. Um, I mean, aside from the one that they showed, they have these like beautifully hand carved wooden umbrella holders built into the walls all over this house oh really yeah like the house is like Mm -hmm. you would never expect that it's as gorgeous as it is just because like they don't really show all of the house on in the movies yeah Um, it's so big like on the outside i honestly controversial opinion i think that house on the outside is so ugly oh it looks (laughs) it's psychotic I hate like just how blockish it is, and I hate that color green that they won't change it from. It just looks it looks like an old house, but I do like just because I know this house, the inside is so beautiful. Yeah, I just wish the outside was too. <laughs> the outside is fucking hit. It's like and me describing it- me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like its outside is so rotten. Um, no, Can't I think it's it. it's hideous on the outside, and I hate that weird. F- I like hate the fountain. Just like the placement of that like white fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, another weird thing about the house that I discovered the that fountains I, are so juicy. Uh, like especially <laughs> a fountain that's like just for show and doesn't have like a water feature. It's just a fountain placed. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but another thing that I learned about the house was that it's um, so the door that they use to like come inside the house is like the back door in real life, and okay. So when you that's probably why it looks ugly. (laughs) I know because it's the back of the house. And when Tatum dies in the garage, like I know people's criticisms were always like, why would nobody see Tatum? Like, why would there's a party going on? And it's because the garage is also in the back of the house. So if I was like trying to place the garage, like whenever they were doing the big establishing shot, I was like, I don't see the door. It's behind the house and it literally is like in the middle of nowhere. Like logistically, it just made seeing the house in its full glory. I was like, okay, things make sense. Like this is all coming together for me now. Oh, I gotta watch that video. Yeah, it's good. You'll love it. Um, yeah, I guess the last thing we have to talk about is like, what do you think the next installment of this movie will be? Or what do you want it to be? Like, what do you hope it'll be? Um I honestly would be happy if it closes here for good. Yeah, me too. Um, but if it does continue, and I do think it will because of just the success that it's having, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be. It's like I think this would be like the original cast, like last movie. Yeah. I don't see them being involved, and if they are, I think it would be like some cheesy like randy s cameo where it's like one scene where i'm like okay this is how you do this if mm-hmm. he's coming again if this is a sequel um and i think i just don't think like that would be really organic 
So I do think yeah. if it continues, it does have to focus on the new cast primarily and completely leave like Sydney and Gail out of this. Like I think they're done for a little while or forever. Yeah. They feel done too. They just felt done. Like at the end of it, they were just like, I'm fucking tired of this shit and I'm done. And I will say though, they're like Gail and Sydney versus Amber. I could watch that on a loop forever. That was <laughs> pornography. It really was. That was literally like, <laughs> oh my god, that was so fucking good. This just is like, th- th- like breaking for some reason an industrial sized glass case of <laughs> hand sanitizer on her. Head. <laughs> <gasps> she goes fucking hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> when she said that because i thought like i even seeing it the second time i was like that's a bottle of- yeah i was like that's alcohol and she was like and then like seeing it like because even like the second time i saw it, i saw it like on a huge screen mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah you can see just like this jelly dripping off her face hand sanitizer. <laughs> from this like three gallon glass bottle of hand sanitizer <laughs> which i thought was wild that made me laugh so hard when she said that like i died yeah um but no i agree with you i mean they just feel especially with like dewey dying like it felt like they were like well if you die in this one it's okay because we're sort of ending your story here so if you want to yeah. you know like it's fine like he got a great send off and um he got to be Rambo for the first time and like he that really was cool. did. And the he's very do you know what my favorite way to like refer to him as is whenever we did our very first episode. I remember I was living in Austin and we kept calling him um little boy with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> he's graduated from little boy with a knife to Rambo. <laughs> totally to big boy with a gun. <laughs> we, we, we'd love to see it oh that was the episode we did on just david and courtney for i think it was like oh think, right yeah it wasn't even done so yet oh my god that was literally like four years ago i know i remember like i was like oh yeah that was my austin apartment like when i first moved there oh my god holy shit your screen journey on this pod is on this podcast is similar <laughs> to courtney and uh and david's like literally <laughs> <laughs> it's been a five-year long process but no yeah I feel like that they're all just kind of done and I honestly feel like even though this is a great franchise for them career-wise like you can only play the same character so many times and have it be believable and and have it make sense that they would all be written into this movie together like even this one beyond what they came up with would have been like a crazy stretch like this was kind of it in the like meta talk of like the entire movie they even mentioned that um whenever like it's the killer reveal it's the third act and gail and sydney are in the house like all fucked up and stabbed and shot um richie tells sydney you know like come on you can't survive this thing this many times that's just ridiculous i'm going to kill you right now (laughs) yeah it's true and that's a good point and then that built off when like the movie's like final scene between Gil and Sydney and they're like no more fucking stab movies like mm-hmm. so I think that's them even like saying like we're we're out yeah <laughs> I'm not like, answering I'm not... a call I'm not Gail I'm not gonna answer anytime you call me <laughs> I'm not like, writing a book about these fucking people yeah like Sam I love you. I'm glad you survived I'm blocking your number <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't yeah 
because yeah. she's like i know this is gonna happen again with you <laughs> but like don't don't fucking call me bye <laughs> sydney literally said you'll figure it out you'll be tough you're a tough girl okay see ya <laughs> <laughs> she like lucille bluth like closes the door slowly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bye <laughs> glad we're all safe um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that we said everything that we possibly could say. No, and I think we feel that now, but I'm going to like go to bed and then in two hours, you're going to wake up with like a paragraph. Like we forgot to talk about this. <laughs> we should have brought this up. We should have elaborated on this. Is how I feel like after every podcast I record. <laughs> well, but, I'm sure that this won't be the only time. Now we have to graduate to like a new horror movie to talk about. Uh, who has the time? You know, because what, what if it's another 11 years? We can't just, you know um true. yeah I don't think I have any do you have anything else you want to say um let me look at anything um oh I already mentioned under future installments like will the second one be you know are do we go back to college with these surviving characters I love I would love college that would be so cool and so meta and such a fun way to like harken back to Sydney but not have her be in it if she isn't gonna be yeah in it. Yeah, or like they go to the same college. They go to Windsor College. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's so like, like, you went, that's where you went. She's like, see, I'm not helping you. You knew. <laughs> yeah, like, you're a top girl. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, no, I think overall, like this movie, especially starting with the opening scene, just had like a lot of pressure writing on it because they had not only how do we pick this back up after 11 years but also it's been 25 years since the first one so there was a mm. lot a lot of expectation writing on this um just for and the no Wes and no Wes um so it was really it was really exciting to just like get into it again and then seeing like where it was because I was really scared honestly just because I was like oh what if I fucking hate this I know like, I know I know and so while I did have criticisms on some scenes, I overall thought it was really, really fun, solid entry. Because again, like we don't have, there's not a lot of fun horror and like there is a lot like coming out now. And again, I mentioned it with like the babysitter and the babysitter killer queen and Fear Street and Happy Death Day. And mm-hmm. that we're trying to get back to that. Story. But those like are rooted way more in comedy than anything else. Right. Like those are funny movies. but this one did a good job of like it feeling like the original where it knew when to be funny but it also when it got time to like you know see some blood like we saw some fucking gruesome bullshit that was crazy and yeah we just I think it's been a while like I said that it was like the most fun theater experience I had in a really long time um one just because we just haven't been going to the movies a lot lately in the last couple years um but it was nice to watch it um you know the thursday night and watch it with the crowd who is like basically an entire theater full of people who are just on the same page with this mm-hmm. because i was scared of a scream Two opening scene kind of crowd i was like oh yeah, i'm really yeah. terrified but it was really like we all laughed when we were supposed to everyone like there was some cheers which i appreciated yeah we love uh, a cheer we go we will take a cheer you will take a cheer yeah. um, especially when like nev throws out a zinger 
yeah 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 um again like with her phone call where he's like i'm doing this because she was i'm bored and just hangs up the call like <laughs> literally just like it was like just like a bunch of like gay queens like yeah Sydney. yeah because <laughs> yeah. our inspiration because I, I watched this movie in the middle of a theater like in a theater in the middle of west hollywood so i kind of knew that that was kind of a safe space <laughs> for yeah, a lot that's of a good space to watch scream <laughs> for sure yeah anytime just like gail flipped her hair and just like yes queen <laughs> <laughs> her All guilt right. is being beautiful on camera yeah <laughs> like work and it, it, like she would just like look at the camera and they're like work <laughs> like, you know what? yeah yeah she did no you're right i i do think as i said earlier that this movie was just like a love letter to this whole franchise in like the best way mm-hmm. and it was really like the most respectful way to honor wes i thought and be respectful to these characters that he obviously cared so much about um like if anything they got if anything and I don't this is like not a slight but if anything it's like Wes not being involved like somebody else being able to do this like I don't know if he would have like put this movie in this franchise on the it's his movie and it deserves to be put on like an, an emotional pedestal in a way so it's yeah, almost like a person coming in who just loves it the way we do. It was yeah. cool to see them like write a love letter to it. Exactly. And I wonder what, I think about this a lot and I guess it has to do with just timing or in the time of the world that we live in. I don't know, but it was 11 years since we had four. And mm-hmm. then when we had, when four came out, it was 11 years since we had three. Right. But this one like just had such a bigger like hype to it and one has already made more money than four did right um the reception is so much better and like the crowds were there for it and i don't know i just feel like four didn't get the same hype as a comeback movie than this one did and Mm -hmm. i i mean that's a much bigger conversation i mean we can go for another three hours on that probably right (laughs) but i do wonder like ultimately what that was and why it did perform the pretty much the exact opposite because scream four didn't flop it just kind of like came and like by like the third weekend, everyone was just like, eh, and forgot about it. Yeah. And it kind of just like fizzled out in the box office. But like with this one, this one just started strong and I think it's going to stay strong for a while. And then um, I don't know how for sure this is, but I think there's going to be an even bigger audience because I think next month is when it goes on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was that soon. I think so. I can't, I, that's unconfirmed. It's like, two articles that I read that said sometime in February but I don't know how like legit it was like one of those weird just like dot net kind of website yeah yeah. Um, I almost feel too like a lot of the reason for that and I don't know how true this is but just like in my mind a lot of the reason that there's so much hype around this one was because of Friday or um Halloween like I think Halloween coming back and then this this most recent Halloween not being like great and mm-hmm. not being like kind of being poorly reviewed it's like yeah. people are like in the spirit of wanting to see legacy killers like legacy horror movies come back legacy killers that's not really bad legacy <laughs> horror movies come back um but like be good you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um and this did like what i mean i know the, the halloween kills that's a whole nother conversation halloween kills is fine the second this second one was like fucking terrible um <laughs> but yeah i think that maybe like halloween helped get people excited again for this kind of movie yeah but um yeah i'm excited to go see it again and yeah because ultimately like halloween's like those movies are great but not fun because these exactly. are very 
as Jamie Lee Curtis says, it's about trauma. Right. <laughs> but only about trauma. Like, there's not like, I mean, it, there's funny moments, but you can't yeah. top the like the style that Scream is written in as far yeah. as like the comedy tone. So I think that's that also because again, like this movie is so much fun to watch with a group of people. Whereas yeah. Halloween, I think, is it's still fun to watch, but there's just like a different air to the Scream franchise in Halloween. Totally. I 1000% agree with that. Nobody can recreate it. They've tried many, many times. They really do. (laughs) Well, Jay, thank you so much for doing this with me and talking to me again for three hours about Scream. It's my favorite thing to do. I have, no, that's, it's, you you literally, I don't even care, like, if this, for some reason, wasn't even recording. (laughs) 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 We'll tell people where they can find you and things that you're working on and your social medias. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, at not J Reyna and then on Twitter at J Reyna. And I always have to spell my name. It's R E Y N A because people spell that in all kinds of different ways except the right way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm excited for you to come here soon. Very right? soon. Is that still? Yeah. yeah I need super to soon. figure that out still. I think there's a group of us that are planning on going. I told Kelly that I'm going to get there and literally faint on stage, and that'll be the show. I can't believe you're going to be like on a stage. <laughs> you can't, you can't believe it, Jay. I am yeah. still, I was, we're doing a show in two days as of right now. And I'm still like, oh my God. yeah. So I need to figure it. I mean, I still like, I'm sorry. I'm a good friend, but I haven't bought my ticket yet, but I will figure it's okay. it out. You have a lot of time. Well, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. I will see you next week. Jay, I'm obsessed with you and bye. Obsessed with you. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.